you have your Bible this morning and you would, uh, find with me 2 Samuel chapter 10. 2 chapter 10 of 2 Samuel. Today I want to talk to you about probably the most difficult subject in all of the Bible. And uh, you say, well, that could be a lot of them. And, uh, but I believe this is the hardest. And uh, today I want to talk to you about loving others even when it's difficult. And today I can promise you that when I said that, some of you started to think about people that you will never love. There's no way that I can make you love them. There's no way you will ever want to love them. You've tried to love them in the past and they have hurt you, taken advantage of you, and it will not happen. Maybe some of you are thinking here today that, uh, you know, I don't know if I could ever be loved because I have certain qualities that are not desirable. I've got certain faults. I've been told that I am unlovable. You see, this morning I want you to know this because all of us, if we are children of God, are called to love others. You say, well, Jake, it doesn't matter to me if I love other people or not. Then I want you to know this, that there is a good chance that you have never been saved. You've never been born again. And you say, Jake, why would you say that to someone? Well, I want to read to you what Jesus said in John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus literally says, if you want to be known as mine, you have to love. You have to love one another. Now, I wish Jesus would have said these words. If you would love those who love you. If you could love those who are good to you, if you love those who cause no drama for you, if you love those who take not advantage of you. But it doesn't. It says if you have love for one another. And this morning I know that this is a dangerous topic because there is a tendency for all of us to begin to make excuses, myself included. Well, I've tried to love them, and I tried to forgive them, and I tried to be there for them, and it didn't work out. I don't know if you know this or not, but I can be extremely awkward, and I don't mean to be. I can say things, and after it comes out of my mouth, I realize, hmm, wish I hadn't said that. I can try to be kind, and try to be forgiving, and try to be what I think the Lord wants me to be, and it just comes out like, hmm, I don't think that was the intent. But this morning I want to talk to you about loving even when it's difficult. And I was going to preach this whole chapter today, but as I was really praying this last week, the Lord slowed things down. And so we're only going to look at five verses today. And so if you would stand with me out of a reading of reverence to God's Word, starting in verse 1, chapter 10. It happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died. And Hanun the son reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. 
So David sent by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanun, their lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? Therefore Hanun took David's servants, shaved off half of their beards, cut off half, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks, and sent them away. When they told David, he sent to meet them, because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. Pray with me. Father, today I come just asking for your mercy and grace in this place. Father, I pray that you would speak, not me, but Lord, your Holy Spirit would work and move for your glory. And Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're familiar with where we've been looking in verses chapters 1 through 8, it was death, it was war, it was betrayal, it was victory. And then last week we looked at this kindness that David had to Mephibosheth, that he, that he extended mercy and grace even though Mephibosheth could do nothing to him. And today we're looking at the very same thing. David is extending mercy and kindness to someone who really didn't deserve it. And you say, well, Jake, what is the significance of this? Well, you say, well, this man, Nahesh, must have been a godly man, must have been a wonderful man if David was friends with him. He was not. In 1 Samuel chapter 11, uh, he actually attacked the city of Jabesh-Gilead. And the people of Israel said, we would love to have a peace treaty with you. And he said, if you want peace, you have to pluck out one of your eyes. And that is a sign that you want peace. And so this was not a godly man. This was not a kind man. This was a wicked heathen of a man. But, as most of you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And this man was an enemy of Saul. And so when David was on the run, we don't know what happened. We don't know what exactly went on. But they had entered into a covenant where David would have been shown mercy by Nahash and in return... He would have made an agreement, a covenant to be kind and merciful to his son. A covenant in this word for kindness is the same word that is used for the loving kindness of God toward us. It's a beautiful picture of the simple fact that we couldn't earn God's love. We don't deserve God's love, but yet he is willing to extend it to us. And so this morning I want to show you three things about loving others even when it's difficult. And some of you today I know will leave with this mindset. I don't care what he says. I have been hurt. I've been wronged. And I'm going to do what I want. Some of you will leave here today thinking, I'm just not sure what I want to do with this. There's a whole lot of baggage. There's a whole lot of drama. There's a whole lot of things that I don't... I'm just not sure what to do. But I pray that some of you today will realize that if you ever want to make a difference for Jesus if you ever want to make a difference in the lives of the people you love, you have to love them. And so the first thing I want to show you here is this. We should sympathize and have compassion with others. We should sympathize and have compassion with others. Look here in verses 1 and 2. 
It happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon, the Ammonites, were a, a vicious enemy to Israel, died. And Hanun, the son, reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. So David went by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. You see, David could have done what most people would have done and said, you know what, the king's dead. They've got a young new ruler. I'm going to march my armies into there. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to claim their land for my own. And it doesn't matter what I said in the past, what agreement I had in the past, today is the day. But he says, no, I am going to show kindness to them because they show kindness to me. You see, friends, today you need to understand that regardless of who a person is or how a person lives, if Jesus loves them, so should we. And friends, that's hard because I could go ahead and start naming you a list of people that I don't want to love. I have no desire to love. I am, would be fine if the Lord would smite them, if you want to know the truth. But as I begin to pray and let the Lord deal with me, I need to recognize something, that loving others is not dependent upon them. Just like God's love is not dependent upon us. And so Jesus said that you should love others as I have loved you. Friends, if you are here today and you have no sympathy and compassion for lostness and brokenness and hurting people. Friends, you have grown cold to the things of God. You say, Jake, I've tried to love them and they've taken advantage of it. Jake, I've tried to be kind to them and they've not been kind to me. Now, just because you have loved someone doesn't mean you have to stick your hand in the door and slam it repeatedly. I know that if I smash my finger once, not to put my finger somewhere. I know that touching a hot stove will burn you. As a child, I thought it would be funny when my time my mother and father were in Auton's picking up pizzas and we were in the car back in the day where you could stay in the car without going to maximum security prison. And my younger brother, I had pushed the lighter in and said, I bet you won't put your finger in there after I pulled it out. And he did. And needless to say, that never happened again for either of us. Because when my parents, I'm not sure which one it was, if it was both of them or not, came back to the car, it was not a pleasant experience. And friends, you can love people, but you can be cautious. You can love people and be very careful how you extend yourself. But friends, the moment that you grow cold, and the moment that you become at a place where you cannot sympathize and have kindness and compassion for others, you have ceased to be who God wants you to be. That's what he says here. I will show kindness to them because they have shown kindness to me. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, describes it like this. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You say, okay, Jake, I can love them, but I will not like them. I will love them, but I will not live out that love toward them. One of my least favorite verses in all of the Bible is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. 
I don't mind to do nice things, but I'm going to gripe while I'm doing them. I'm going to be kind and compassionate and long-suffering, but you can promise me if somebody asks me about it, well, you know, you got to love them. But that's not what the Bible says. It says be hospitable. And this word for hospitable means welcoming, means inviting, means giving. It means sacrificing and not being burdened by it. You see, friends, that's why generosity has no bearing on how much you have. Being generous is just who you are. Whether you can give away a loaf of bread or you can give away millions. And what we see here is be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And I've really been convicted of this lately because uh, sometimes, you know, uh, things will happen and people will be mad at you. and People won't like you. But the moment they need something from you, if you're aware, they usually call. I need this or I need that. And the Jake in me says, oh, I'm not doing it. Oh, they, they did this to themselves. They can find someone else to help them. And then as the Spirit begins to convict me, then I say, okay, I'll help them. I understand. And the first time someone comes up to me and says, why are you doing that for them? Well, the Lord just wants me to, and I'm so glad. I'm just thankful for the opportunity. That's not what comes out of my... Well, you know what the Bible says. I guess I have to. I even said it yesterday in, in regard to being kind. It was the lesser of two evils. And as I said it and it came out of my mouth, the Lord began to convict me. And so this morning I want to encourage you to be sympathetic sympathetic and compassionate with others. The second thing I want to show you, though, about loving difficult people. We should expect some to reject our compassion. We should expect some to reject our compassion. Look what it says here in verse 3. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanun, their lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? You see, these men who are influencing the new king say, David is not trying to be kind to you. David is not trying to honor you. He is sending spies into this city so that he can destroy you. And friends, this morning you need to know something. There will be people who will take your kindness and compassion and they will call you weak. They will call you foolish. They will take advantage of you. They will mock you. They will do all of these things. And friends, you should expect it. You should expect people that you have been kind and compassionate to to not extend that mercy. You should expect people as you are kind and compassionate to them to then mock you as soon as it's over. You say, Jake, I just don't think that's fair. I agree with you. But I'm sure glad that's how Jesus loved us. I'm sure glad that as He came and lived this perfect life on this earth, and as He dealt with people and He healed and He, he, he gave sight to the blind and the lame the ability to walk, that while he stood before Pontius Pilate and before he stood before the crowds calling for him to be crucified, that he didn't say, don't you remember who I was to you? Don't you remember how good I was to you? I'm not dying for you. 
I'm glad that even though I'm saved, that I've been born again, when I stumble and fall and sin, that God will forgive me when I ask. That's why the Bible tells us to love one another. That's why the Bible tells us that two Christians should never sue each other. They should get along. They should forgive. They should accept wrong rather than be right. You say, Jake, that's just not how people live. Then maybe that's why churches are dying everywhere. Maybe that's why the Spirit of God and the power of God does so little in our lives and in our church. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Why do you think Paul had to write to the Galatians about don't grow weary doing good? Because they had been burnt by somebody. They had done good to someone who didn't do good back to them. They had been forgiving when someone hadn't forgave them. And as you all know, the longer you try to be good to someone, the longer you try to be forgiving to someone, the longer you try to extend mercy to someone, the longer they do not reciprocate it, it begins to harden our hearts. It begins to cause us to grow cold. Why is it so many people have a problem with God? They feel their prayers haven't been answered. They feel the church has let them down. In Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 13, the Bible says it like this, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. It doesn't say you should do or you ought to do. Paul is telling the Colossians that you have no choice as a Christian. You must forgive. You say, well, Jake, I'll forgive, but I don't like it. That's not what it said. It says, as Christ forgave you. You say, well, Christ must not love me when He died for me. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says He first loved us. For God so loved the world, not begrudged the world, And so this morning I want to encourage you that you must continue to be compassionate and sympathetic, but you must know that people are going to reject you. When I started pastoring uh, here almost 11 years ago, I thought "I I can fix it all. There's not a problem, there's not a family. Me and the Lord, we will take care of everything, right? It is, there's nothing what I have realized is, over the last 11 years, is I go home discouraged more than I go home encouraged. And I have realized something. I can't do anything for anybody. It's the Lord. And it's their response to the Lord. I watch couples and I think, man, I just wish God that I could help them save their marriage. They have no desire to save their marriage. I have so many times prayed, God, I wish you'd save this person. I wish you'd bring this person back. And it didn't happen. This morning I want you to know something that you should expect to be rejected. We live in a world that does not celebrate forgiveness. It does not celebrate compassion. It does not celebrate turning the other cheek. It doesn't celebrate... All of these things. But yet that's what God has called us to do. So David sends these messengers. They decide that David has done it with the wrong motives. And listen to the third and finally. 
We should know that rejection is going to hurt. We should know that rejection is going to hurt. See, at verse 4 and verse 5, Therefore, Hanun took David's servants, shaved off half of their beards, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks, and sent them away. When they had told David, he sent and met them, because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. You see, he could have just sent them away. He could have just stopped them at the gates of the city and say, you're not welcome here. We don't want you here. But friends, he didn't do that. He humiliated them. You say, well, Jake, I don't quite understand. It was a picture in this day and culture to be ashamed. Now, I know in vacation Bible school, pastors have let people shave half their head or cut half their beard. But this is not the same thing. This was a deep and very intentional sign to hurt them, to humiliate them, to mock not only their king, but their God. You see, this morning I want you to know something. It would be one thing if people just rejected us. But most people will not reject you. They will reject you and make themselves look better. They will take your kindness and compassion and forgiveness and they will gossip about you. They will talk about you. But listen to what Psalm 41 verse 7 says. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. In John chapter 15, listening to Jesus talk, But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which was written in their law. They hated me without a cause. See, this morning I want to prepare you for something. That not everyone you choose to forgive will forgive you. Not every person that you help financially will help you in your time of need. What I realize as a pastor is not everyone you sit with next to at a hospital bed or preach a funeral or walk step and step through the difficult moments of life will be there when the tables are turned. and That is okay. You say, Jake, I don't agree with you. That's okay. You can be wrong. But listen to what Jesus said there in that passage of Scripture. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. You see, Jesus is just saying, I have done nothing wrong to the people of Israel. I have not sinned against them. I have not hurt them. I have been good to them. But yet they hated Him. That's why the Bible says that He who knew no sin became sin for us. The only person to ever live that had never gossiped about someone, that had never hurt someone, never lied about someone, never taken advantage of someone, who was perfect in every way, became sin for us. The one person who ever lived that did not deserve to be punished for sin was punished for sin. The one person who physically never deserved to die in the flesh died upon a cross. 
And sometimes I think, Lord, I just don't understand why you would do that for us. Especially, God, I don't know why you would do that for me. Because I know me. I know my sins, my failures, my discouragements, my disappointments. But it's because of love. His love for you and I. And so this morning as you deal with your enemies, as you try to figure out how to love your spouse, as you try to figure out how to deal with the people you work with, as you try to deal with the people that hate you the most, remember this. Remember what Jesus has done for you. The example that He has set. See, the friends, this morning you need to know something that David was not just sympathetic to Hanan. David was compassionate to these men. David said, no, you go to Jericho. Don't come back home. Don't come back to your families. You go and you spend some time and you let your beard grow back. That way when you walk into town, you don't have to walk into town and look like that. You say, well, we shouldn't judge by exterior appearances. No, but nobody likes to look dumb in public. Let's just be honest. But it was a sign of shame. David says, I don't want you to be shamed. I don't want you to have to go through anything like this for my sake. Friends, I hope you hear the significance of this. Because the Bible says that there is no shame in Jesus Christ. All of the guilt and shame that Satan tries to bring to us, as he tries to remind us of our faults and failures, Jesus has covered them all. The Bible tells us we have a high priest who sympathizes with us in every way. And so when the world tries to convince you that you shouldn't forgive, when the world tries to remind you of your past, when others try to bring you to disgrace and ruin, and they will, trust that the Lord has it. The Lord knows what you need. The Lord will provide for you. You see, I think that's one of the hardest things to do is just to wait and trust the Lord. I'd have come into, I'd have come into uh, Jerusalem and I'd have said, look what them heathens did to me! Who's marching to the land of the Ammonites with me? Let's go. And if you saw half my butt talks, you'd be thinking, let's go too, right? But friends, I want you to hear this because it's so important. David gets ready to march on the Ammonites. He gets ready to defeat his enemies because of this. But friends, he gave them a time to heal. He gave them a time to be restored. He gave them a time for things to be made right. And friends, I don't know where you're at in your relationship with other people. Maybe the pain is great. Maybe the hurt is still very real. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you are struggling greatly. Let Him heal you. Let Him forgive you. Let Him give you a season of rest. You see, hurting people hurt other people. And so tonight, this morning, I want you to really think about that. 
really commit this morning? Am I willing to forgive? Am I willing to be forgiven? Because some of you here this morning don't think you need to be forgiven. I wish I didn't have to say that, but there are people who sit in church every Sunday who genuinely feel they have done God a favor by being here. There are others of you here today that genuinely feel like you don't deserve forgiveness. You've sinned too much. You've failed God too much. You've ran from Him too long. And neither of those are true. You see, this morning, just as David had compassion, Jesus has compassion on you. He lived, He died, and He rose again that you might find forgiveness, that you might have hope, but it means trusting Him. You see, you have to repent of your sin, turn from it, and come to Him. You say, Jake, I would love to be forgiven, but I'm not going to forgive others. The Bible says that's not possible. The Bible says if you receive the forgiveness of God, you have to extend forgiveness. If you accept Him as the Savior of your life, you have to accept Him as the Lord of your life. If you're going to give some of your heart to Him, you have to give all of your heart to Him. And so this morning, this is really where the rubber hits the road. Today, are you willing to be who God has called you to be? Let Him deal with you and your enemies. Or do it on your own. The question is for you. No one else can do it. No one else can live it. It's just you and Him. Pray with me this morning. Father, I thank You so very, very much for who You are. Lord, I come to You this morning knowing that I have failed in this so many times. God, You know I can be bitter. God, You know I can hold unforgiveness. God, You know that I can be difficult in so many ways. So Father, today I just pray that You would forgive me first. And God, today I pray that You'd speak to this group of people. People that we love, the people that we struggle with, the people that we're holding grudges to. God, today that You would do a great and mighty work. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this place that is, doesn't care about the hurting of other people, the challenges that are going on, God, that You would soften their hearts today. But most importantly, Lord, today I pray for that person in this place that doesn't know You, that doesn't understand mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. That God, today Your Holy Spirit would do what only He can do. Draw them, convict them. God, bring them to a point of salvation. Father, help us to be a church that loves one another, that forgives one another, that is willing to let you fight our battles for us. And God, I will give you all the praise and all the honor. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.